0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brooks, and tonight I'm joined by Jake Smalley and Francesco Amesbury. Thanks a lot for joining me. And of course, uh, we're going to get straight into it. And the big game from the weekend, we we had a couple of big games, actually, in fairness, but I feel the really big game was Monday night between Inter and Atalanta. Uh, Inter, of course, top of the league, Atalanta starting the weekend in the top four, Uh, Inter Managed to edge this one 1-0, thanks to Milan Scrinia's winner in the second half. I'm going to come to you, Jake. Um, Really close game, this one. Very tactical, quite physical. How big a moment do you think this was in Inter's season?
1: I think it's definitely a really key moment. I think a lot of the media in Italy have been speculating, almost sort of writing other teams off and saying that Inter are definitely going to go on and win the league, and I think I mean, looking at it for me, I, I, I felt that was a little bit premature. But I think when you can see them grinding out key wins like last night, um, you find it hard to sort of disagree, really. Uh, I think beating a top side as well, Atalanta are the form team in the league alongside Inter. And uh, I thought they were actually really unlucky, I think, probably on the balance of play, you could say a draw might have been a fair result. I thought there wasn't a lot in the game. But, you know, the sign of champions and the fact the, the best chance they probably had was when Lukaku broke through but didn't actually even shoot um, and the goal came from a set piece, so yeah, I, th- I think it's a vital moment uh, over the course of the season, they they now into a sort of period of games we'd imagine they'd uh, look to take maximum points they play Sassuolo at home they're away at Torino at the weekend and they play Cagliari at home as well, so there's some winnable games coming up for them so they'll have earmarked, this is a game, if they can get it out of the way, they can try and get three points on the home stretch, a little bit, you know, if they could try and take maximum points if at all possible over the next two to three games, you're then looking at at least a six point gap with less than ten games remaining. So, it's a real key watershed moment for me, and a really strong victory in what was really,
0: yeah. And we and we saw uh, there were some very big celebrations uh, at the end, Francesco. Um, So it it seems that the players also saw this as a really big moment. Um, In terms of the game itself, did anyone stand out for you from both sides?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's worth mentioning uh, Inter's defence. I think uh, especially Milan Skriniar, who scored, and I think he had one of his best games this season yesterday. But but the whole defence, and not just in this game, but over this period of where Inter have really stepped up a gear... I feel like that has happened since Contes insisted with the three at the back they've been playing, who are De Vrij, Skriniar and Bastoni. And to me, that is a real top quality trio of centre-backs that have made a big difference. Over the last 10 games, I think Inter have got seven clean sheets um, and, you know, that speaks volumes. And obviously Skinner got the goal yesterday, but he was he also played, you know, he was marking Zapata. I think he did a pretty good job keeping him quiet. Um and for me, that is kind of the basis on which Inter have built this success, that that solidity. If you think about yesterday's game, you could argue that it was probably Barella's, one of Barella's worst games of the season, one of Brozovic's worst games of the season. Hakimi really struggled against Gomez. Lautaro and, um, and Lukaku were really quiet considering what they have been doing in recent weeks. So a lot of Inter's players struggled yesterday. So they really needed that defence to show up and they, I think they really did big time. And, and Jake's right, in a game where they didn't play particularly well. I think it shows a lot that they still managed to win against such a good side.
0: Yeah, I think, as you said, I think one of Atalanta's strengths was down that left-hand side with Gossens and Zapata causing some issues down that flank, but Inter did well. And I think that was one of their concerns earlier in this season. I think De Vrij maybe wasn't in as good a form as he was last season. Um And yes, Scrinia obviously didn't play that well last season and was sort of finding his feet. But that trio at the back really do seem to be uh, kicking on now. And of course, Inter beat Parma last week on on Thursday. So two really sort of gritty wins for them over the past week. Um, I now want to move on to the other big game from the weekend, I think. Uh, Juventus v Lazio. That was on uh, Saturday night. Lazio took an early lead through Joaquin Correa. Uh, but Juve came back to win 3-1 in the end. How impressed were you, Jake, with, with Juve, considering they were missing a lot of key players, in, including Ronaldo was just on the bench, obviously DeLict and Chiellini didn't play. So so what did you make of their performance?
1: I think it's promising. I think as well it might give uh, Juventus fans and uh, the coaching staff a little bit of hope, actually, because thinking of players like Chiellini missing, you know, that's something they're going to have to get used to in the future. As well, so I was quite impressed with how they came back from going behind as well. Um, but I will say as well, I was a bit disappointed with Lazio, and I think in terms of the management again, inarguably making crucial substitutes at the wrong time, changing his tactics. I think that was quite. Um, telling, I think that sort of helped Juventus along the way a little bit as well. But there's a lot of quality in that squad. I mean, we, we've spoken about it a lot this season, how they've not quite been at the heights of where they have been. But let's remember, this is nine times in a row they won the league title. You know, there is going to come to a point where this this team is going to come to the end of its cycle, and I think it is. But they're not going to go down, you know, without a fight. And I think they're definitely going to be in around that top four space, and they've still got a few players in that squad who. You could definitely come on and grow. I thought Chiesa and Bernard were, were good, and I think there definitely there is some promising signs there for Juventus just based off that game alone.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you make there about the substitutions because uh, about 10 minutes into the second half, Lazio did make a double substitution. I believe it was uh, Lulich and Lucas Leiva came off, I think, uh, and Escalante and Patrick came on, I believe. Uh, a couple of minutes later, Juve took the lead and then doubled there, and, and they made it 3-1, sorry, a couple of minutes after that. Um, you mentioned Chiesa there. I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. And of course, Rabio scored a nice goal and Bernadeschi seems to be coming into form. Do you think that's also a promising sign for them, Francesco, that they're not just relying on the same two or three players and a couple more players are coming into form right now?
2: Yeah, I think it was a quite brave by Pirlo to to pick this team, especially leaving Ronaldo out. I, I and and at first I thought it wasn't such a good decision because thinking of the games they've just played, probably playing against the easier sides on paper like Spezia for example, he could have rested some guys then to then play a stronger side against Lazio and then in the Champions League and I think it was quite brave of him to leave those players out for quite a big game considering, you know, they can't really afford to drop too many points now if they really want to, uh, try and win the league again uh, but you know he was vindicated and I think it, it's also quite important that they showed that they are not Ronaldo reliant um, you know Morata has come back into form I think he went eight games without a goal and now he's got three and two I think that's a big thing for Juve having him back on form you've already mentioned Kiers at I mean, he's been one of the best players this season. It's, he's turned out to be such a great buy. I thought he was going to struggle, but he hasn't at all. He looks strong and strong with every game. And I know that I gave, uh, I said that Ravio, you know, had struggled at his time at Juve last, uh, since since he's arrived. But this was probably one of his best games. Apart from the goal, he looked like the kind of player that we saw at Paris Saint-Germain a couple of seasons ago. And if he can, uh, it looks like Pirlo really trusts him as a player. He seems to play him a lot and if he can step into the, you know, into that midfield and, and make a difference and cont- and give, kind of provide some consistency with his performances, then, uh, you know, I think you could be on onto a good thing. I think they are still in the running for the title. I know they are ten points back, but they do have that game in hand that is coming up, and um, you know, there's still a lot of games to play. They they have a really strong squad, and players like Morata coming back, players like uh, Rabio coming into form, also the return of Cuadrado, a lot of important players coming back. They, I, I think they look good again and they are still in the running.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. and um, I, I now want to touch on Lazio a little bit more. Obviously, you, you talked about them, uh, Jake. Yeah. Um, This weekend, I don't know, they started really strongly and really could have maybe been a couple of goals up inside that opening 20 minutes, Um, but it sort of started to fall away from them. I thought a few of their players looked quite tired this weekend, and I don't know if sort of fatigue's catching up to them, given we, we talked about how thin their squad is. Do you think it's fatigue or just some of their players out of form? Because they looked really good sort of two or three weeks ago, and they've now had quite a poor set of results to sort of fall away from that top four a little bit.
1: I think it's really tough to expect um, top draw quality performances from that side every single week because I've th- I mentioned it myself before, I think in terms of starting 11 they're definitely a top four side with the Blacks, Savage, savic uh, Luis Alberto, Chiro Moble, the players that would get in any other Serie A team really. But well, um, the problem for me is the fact that you can't rotate in that squad if you want to be on it all the time. And this is a team we've played into recently. They played Bayern Munich recently. They've played Atalanta recently. So they've had some really tough games coming up. So, and I think this game was just a bridge too far. And your difference is, you know, you, you've, entered, you've got Ronaldo sat on the bench. And if he starts, you can bring players like Morata on. You can bring Kulosevsky on. You can bring Bernard Esky on. If, if you're so you're bringing on Escalante and Ak- Akpro, who, for an all intents and purposes, are bottom end um, Syria, maybe even B players at Brett came from B last season without letting any fires really as well so I think to expect them to be on full tilt the whole time is a little bit of an ask and when they come up against real quality sometimes, you know, you're looking for that sub to bring on and, you know, maybe change things a little bit and they just don't have that it's, it's such a shame really, I think for them to really stake a claim to go any further, they really need to back the manager and give him a little bit more support but Obviously, we know why um, that isn't the case, given the, the previous history of the club overspending. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think Lazio are going to be an also round team. I think they'll do well to finish top four. They'll be up there, but they'll do well to finish top four. It's just that water tight, you know, well, that lack of sort of bodies in the building really that uh, lets them down.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Jake about the, the lack of depth in their squad. They, they have some really great players, but I feel like they are the most susceptible to injuries and loss of form affecting them because they don't have the alternatives at the same level. So, for example, they didn't have Ladsley this weekend. Fares played instead of him. And to me, that's a big step down. Immobile has been out of form for a few games and and Inzaghi doesn't seem to trust the alternatives. You know, he's not playing other players instead of Immobile or giving them more game time because he doesn't think they're up to it. And what's disappointing, I think, if you're, if you're a Lazio fan is that Champions League qualification represents a real opportunity, I think, for these kinds of clubs, for, for a club like Lazio, who are not necessarily one of the biggest clubs that don't have that economic, economic power. When you get into the Champions League, it's an opportunity to bring in some players and strengthen your squad. And they just haven't done a good job of that this season. And it feels like they are in the same situation that they were last season in terms of, qualifying for the champions league it's it takes something extraordinary. It takes an amazing performance for that to happen. I think Tade has the, the, the sporting director has come in for some criticism for the players he brought in. He, you know, he, he plays like Marucci, players like, um, like Fares who, who haven't really made a difference. They haven't improved that first 11 at all. And, and they haven't even really done a good job when they've been asked to play. And, um, and yeah, you could say that, the, that, that, uh, criticism is justified uh, because lato don't seem to be in any any stronger than they were last season. And uh, and now getting into the Champions League, I I think it's going to be really tough. I agree with Jake that they're, they're already eight points back, and you know from now until the end of the season, they'd have to outperform Napoli and Atalanta and Roma realistically to get a chance. So I just I just don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, I think something that was quite telling from the weekend is that Simone and Zage played. Maricic in the back three, which to me says he doesn't trust his defence at all. And I sometimes think that a Cherby must be looking around going, what am I working with here? Because there's some really poor defenders in that side. I mean, they brought Patrick on and, you know, like most people, I think Patrick isn't very good. Um, but, uh, you know, and unfortunately for him, as soon as that happened, they then conceded two goals in five minutes. But it was quite telling. They went with Marošić played Lulic, who's been out for six months, played Fares. I think Fares actually had an okay game, but do I trust him to play well for a full month with Lazzari out? I'm not so sure. So, yeah, I have some reservations about Lazio over these next few weeks, but we'll see how that pans out. Um, And then, of course, I, I think the third team in this title race, and they are still in the race, AC Milan. Uh, last week only got a draw with Udinese one of the most ridiculous last minute penalties you'll see Uh, I hope you guys did see that one that was quite funny actually but they were excellent on the weekend 2-0 win against Verona despite having so many injuries are they still a threat to Inter Jake?
1: Definitely Uh, it's far from over Uh, I think if you're looking at double uh, double figures points sort of separating them then maybe um, a bit too much, but six points is not a lot Inter could draw a couple of games and that gap just sort of shortened massively the only disadvantage uh, Milan have got is the fact that they don't have Inter to play still but um, yeah, I, I thought they did really well to bounce back, I thought they were poor against Udinese, I think Udinese had a game plan, they executed really, really well, I think people were very sceptical, saying so, you know, you know, they're just parking the bus and yeah, they did sit quite deep, but they actually have better chances to score as well, and um, it was a header from Nestorovsky just before they scored the first goal that um, was cleared off the line. So I thought they were good value for the win until Strager lost and decided to play basketball. I mean, it was absolutely bizarre um, to see. I was absolutely stunned watching the game. I thought, what on earth is he doing? Um, that was it was just bizarre. And I think that could possibly play played in a part in... You know, the performance at the weekend, I think they may be a little bit buoyed. They got a point out of literally nothing. And it's probably a really good time to play Verona at the minute because you literally just don't know what to expect from them. Early season, they were taking points off everybody, they were beating teams comfortably. But one week at the moment, they look poor, and the next week, they look good again. So I think they're the right time to play against Verona. But, you know, it's not an easy place to go that. Uh, Uritch has got a brilliant team there set up, uh, puts you way above its weight. And so ultimately, um, I think they'll look on that positive, especially with so many players missing as well. I think a lot of those players that started the game, the likes of Castillejo and Kroonich, are players that obviously they won't start normally and were players from last season, um, pre-Pioli, when they were really poor. So that's, it's promising to see them come on and add something to the squad as well.
2: Yeah, I think for me recently, it, it, it's felt like Milan are just about to fall out of the title race. And then they come back with a really good performance and a really good win. Before the Roma match, I thought Milan are in trouble here. You know, they, they could struggle and they, they played brilliantly and beat Roma. And I felt that like, the same kind of thing happened this weekend. I think it's important to underline the kind of players they were missing as well. Still without Benassero, they've been without for a long time, but also Ibrahimović wasn't there. Teo Hernandez, who's been so good for them this season, he wasn't there. And like Jake says, a lot of players who were kind of in the team before purely took over, who had really struggled... Played and and really showed up. The two goals were brilliant from Krunić and Dalot, and it is a really good win for Milan. Um, I, I know that Jake said Verona's form has been up and down, but in recent weeks they they you know they've taken points off Juventus. They they had a good win in midweek. They are a tough side to break down, and Milan did a did a really good job. I don't I don't agree that they're they are still in... Well, I suppose they are still in the title race, but I think it's unlikely that they catch Inter. I, I, I think for Inter, the biggest threat is still Juventus. Um, and for me, Milan... I, I would, If I was a Milan fan, I'd be thinking more about staying in that top four because I feel like they came out this week and they they've mentioned a list of players including Donnarumma and Benacer and um, Chana for example. These young, very strong players, Frank Kessie, Who've had brilliant seasons and look like the kind of players that you could build a good side around. And they've said, we want to, we want to keep hold of these players, we want to give them, extend their contracts, and build a side here. And if they get into the Champions League, they have a real chance of doing that and re-establishing themselves at the top of the Italian game, but also becoming a you know a solid European side again. They they have the, the basis for doing that. And after this season, if they weren't able to get in that champ, into the, that top four, it would be a real disappointment. I think it's more, it's not the, the significant, you know, the fact that they won is it's more significant. They took another little step away from that fifth place team. They're now seven points clear, not so much that they're six points behind Inter, because I think that gap is going to be, is going to be tough to, you know, to make up from here until the end of the season. But I, I think that seven points now, they look good for Champions League qualification and that would represent a really good result for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I thought they, they had an excellent result this weekend. at as much as you said, um, when I looked at that team sheet come out, I thought they could be in trouble, but uh, in the end, they won fairly convincingly. Um, Jake, of course, mentioned that goal line clearance against Udinese. That was Alessio Romagnoli, who's bounced back and had a fine week. So uh, Milan supporters getting on his back. Stick with him. He's doing just fine. Um And I now want to move on to the other team who are currently in the top four. They've just gone back into it this weekend, and that's Roma. Uh, They edged past Genoa, 1-0, thanks to a Gianluca Mancini header from a corner. Um, Can they stay where they are, Jake, or or do you expect them to maybe just miss out on that top four?
1: Uh, Roma very much under the radar for me. They're sort of existing... Um, in that sort of race without anybody taking them really that seriously everybody sort of laughs that they can't make in the top sides but um, ultimately they're, they're in the driving seat in, in terms of that position in the top four when you compare them with the likes of Lazio and Napoli, Atalanta you've got those sides, I mean if it's on paper and you know based on the last few seasons you think thinking Atalanta can finish above them and Napoli probably got a better squad but ultimately they're, they're, they're in prime sort of pole position to make a real charge at it um, I think it's, it's, it's a really difficult one to say for sure. I think Napoli and Atalanta are probably better sides um, than them. But who knows? I think they've definitely got a chance. And it would really start to help if they could take some points off some of the sides around them that would really push them on. Uh, I think a win like the one that the weekend against Genoa is just the kind of win that they need, just sort of solid and move on. But yeah, they do, like I say, have to start picking some points off those sides that are around them to make this a little bit easier for them in terms of getting into that top four for certain.
0: Yeah, of course, they got a late win against uh, Fiorentina in midweek as well. So really strong week uh, for Roma. Um, but Jordan Beratu now out for a little while. He's been very important to them this season. So be interesting to see how they cope without him. Uh, I want to touch on Genoa because obviously they've been excellent in 2021, but they are now five games without a win. I think they've drawn three of those games, so it's hardly a crisis. Seven points above the drop zone. Could they get dragged back into it, Francesco, or do you expect them to still have have enough to stay up?
2: I think Genoa is safe. I think uh, you're right that they haven't won a little while, but they've had some pretty difficult fixtures. They played Roma in that time. They, they played Inter. They, they had the derby. Um, so they've not had easy games. But also... I. In that time, they've also been playing quite well. Even this week against Roma, it was pretty close match, and you know, with a bit more luck or a bit more efficiency in front of goal, they they could have easily come away with a draw. So, I think they're playing well, and they're they're certainly playing better than some of the other sides that are down in that in that part of the league. And um, seven points is at this point in the season. Looking around them, with teams not picking up that many points, I think I think they're already safe, and they they look pretty good. So, I, I expect them to be okay.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, it, it would say, you know, give, given that they're up in, I think, 12th at the moment. Uh, no, I know, down in 13th, but still a few teams between them and the drop zone. So it seems they probably will be OK. Um, and then I want to touch on a side just outside the top four now. Uh, Napoli, they play Sunday night against Bologna, picked up a 3-1 win. Fairly comfortable in the end, although they did have a slight blip where they handed Bologna a very easy goal. Um, that came off the back of a crazy game against Sassuolo in midweek that ended 3-0. Um, we were talking last week, Jake, and you said that you thought Napoli would probably just miss out on the top four, I believe. Are you more or less confident a week on that they're still going to uh, miss out on the top four? Or have you changed your
1: mind? Uh, I still think the top four for me is going to be Inter, uh, Milan, Juventus and Atalanta. I think that'll be the top four for me. I think Napoli will definitely be in the race. I think Roma definitely as well. I think it'll be tight. I'm not saying that would definitely be the case. I think that's just what my hunch sort of goes with. But Uh, I said last week, Napoli have got a fantastic squad in terms of depth now. They can sort of exchange players in that team quite easily, maybe other than the centre-back position. They're pretty strong, definitely going forward in the central midfield roles. Some good full-backs now as well. So there's no reason why they shouldn't, but it's just that strange result or that cock-up that they sort of have, like against Sasswell and the weekly sort of taking the lead and going behind. It's just those laps in concentration sort of costing them because ultimately over the season, they'll look back this season and think there's probably 10 points here that we could have got if we'd have just turned up, like, you know, get beat bit against Spezia, results like that. And they'll look back at the end of the season and they'll regret them. And that's ultimately what will stop them from getting in the top four because it seems that the top four will win those games and they have done this season, you know, into a case on their own. But I mean, they've lost against Doria, but other than that, they just don't lose games like that. Um, you've had seven lost games like that, really. So it, it just shows you that those little moments are what costs them at the moment. And it, it showed, showed that in midweek that it's not something that they're getting out of the system. And to me, it seems a little bit like it's a good two sort of thing because it's very similar when he's at Milan's where well, you'd have a really good set of results and then just a random strange result out of nowhere. And uh, in, in effect, it sort of damages some of the good work that they do because it holds them back.
2: I think, I think, um, I, I, I agree with Jake, I think, on the top four. If, if you ask me to put money on it, I'd probably agree with him. It'd be Inter, Juve, Milan and, and Atalanta. But I do think Napoli have a real chance. Um, they're four points off, I think, at the moment. But I will. I expect them to finish ahead of Roma. Uh, it's whether they can overtake another side as well, whether that be Atalanta or Milan or Juve. Or, um, I think it's the first time this season, or first time for a long time that they've had, uh, Mertens and Aussie men available at the same time. I think that's going to make a big difference for them. It's the first time that Aussie men, since all the trouble we had and the COVID and everything, since he's looked physically fit. I mean, we saw him running away from that defender this this weekend to take his goal. And we hadn't really seen that that pace uh, since the start of the season when he first arrived. And I think having him back in fit and fit and physically integral is, is going to make a big difference to them. And there are other players who've also been a bit lacking form. i Have started to come in to form. People like Zielinski, people like Fabian Ruiz, who looked good again this weekend. Insigne has carried on his good form, and I expect Napoli to be uh, a much better side from here to the other, to the end of the season. Jake's probably right that they they might have dropped too many points on the way to this point of the season, and the next three fixtures are tough. They've got Milan, Juve, and Roma back to back, and I suppose we'll know more about them after those three games, but I do think that they can put together a run of results from here going on in, especially considering the fact that they only have one competition to focus on now. They're out of the Europa League. Mm -hmm. Gattuso's getting these players back who are important players at the same time. They seem to be coming into form at the same time. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see them go on a run and really challenge for that top floor.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point with Osman, who who looked really sharp on the weekend. I thought he took his goal really nicely, uh, run away from the defender, but also an excellent first touch to, to get him there in the first place. Um, of course, there was one bit of sad news. We saw uh, Goulam tear his ACL. I believe that's the third time now. Um, really unfortunate. So, of course, we wish him well with his recovery. I remember when he first came into the Napoli side, he was such a promising talent, so real shame that, that he's had such bad luck with injuries. Um, and so now, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered the top half of the league and so now we're going to go down to the bottom half and uh, I think this is where it starts getting quite exciting, actually, because we had some cracking games this weekend. I'm going to start with Fiorentina Palmer. Um, this one ended 3 uh, Two goals in, in injury time. Palmer taking a 3-2 lead, then Fiorentina scoring for an own goal right at the end to nick it. That's the third time in four games that Palmer have thrown away a winning position. I think earlier in the season, Jake, we were saying that they just weren't good enough. Do you think now that they are actually good enough and it's just a mental thing that's holding them back in not
1: securing these wins? Possibly. I think it's it's really concerning that they can't see these games out. And it's similar to what I've just said about Napoli. They'll look back into the season and they'll think you know what, we could have had more points here. And that's definitely going to be the case Um, for them. I I watched them closely against Inter and I thought they were really good. Uh, I think one thing that's sort of standing in their favour is that they're not going down without a fight anyway. The the hurrying and the rushing and the pressing and that gives you a little bit of hope for them. I I still don't think the squad's good enough. I think they're short on quality and that's the main reason why they are the way they are. And I still think they will get relegated. But I think they're definitely going to, Make a fight of it, and the manner of the performances suggests that, but ultimately it's points that matter, not performances um, in that position. And at the minute, they, they're just sort of selling themselves a little bit short. So they play Roma next at home. So that's a must win, like every game seems to be for them at the moment.
0: Yeah, of course. They also gave in a decent scrap last week, uh, just losing two one. Um, I mean, the thing that stood out for me from that game was how poor the goals were that Palmer conceded. First one a three header from a corner. Second one the goalkeeper flaps at it, and then uh, the third goal obviously was an own goal. What, what did you what did you make of of the match, Francesco?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you're you're probably right that. When you lose leads like that, and it happens a couple of times, it probably does get into your mind a bit when you're defend, defending a lead and it's come to the end of the game, and it probably doesn't help. But I would say that that they've been much better under Daversa since he's come in, and I think they have a chance of staying up because they still have a lot of games to play against the bottom team, so they've still got to play Crotone, they still got to play Torino, they still got to play Benevento, they've still got Genoa coming up. And not only that, in the last three games of the season, they're going to be playing Lazio, Sassuolo and Samp. And I think there's a really good chance that all of those teams at that stage of this season will have nothing to play for. And if that is the case, I think that is going to help them. They've got a lot of ground to make up, but they are playing a lot better. But, you know, like you and Jake have said, they need to start winning. Um, But I think they they have a chance because they are, for example, I think they're playing a lot better than Torino at the moment. And uh, I, I imagine that they'll, they they can pick up more points than than the sides around them from now until the end of the season. It's just whether they can pick up enough points.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, we, of course, we had another game down the bottom, Crotone-Torino. Uh, I don't know if necessarily you guys... Watched the whole of this or just caught the highlights. This ended 4-2 to Crotone. We had some stunning goals. Uh, I know Sanabria scored a brilliant one for Torino. Adamuna scored a brilliant goal for Crotone on his own. The woodwork was struck three times. This was a really special game. Um, Crotone now seven points short of safety, Jake. Last week I didn't even ask if there was any chance of them staying up, but I am going to ask this week: Have they given themselves a glimmer of hope?
1: Uh, I think a glimmer is a good word that I'd use. I don't think um, it will make too much difference. The change of manager might help. I think Cosmio uh, roll his sleeves up and make them a bit more um, tough, more resilient. And it's a bit result. It's a bit of six points as well when you play against relegation rival. I think if I was torino I'd be looking at that game and feeling really disappointed, to be honest. I think it's a game that you'd earmark with them winning. And uh, it's all well and good saying that you have got games in hand, but they have to win those games in hand as well, and they play uh, Inter at the weekend, so they're going to find it tougher. I think to expect Tari- uh, Crotone to have um, a real chance of staying up, I'm not, I'm not too sure, um, but I think they've got a better chance now that they've changed manager, definitely, and we could see that with the manner of performance at the weekend. Adam Onas, by the way, is an excellent player, um, he probably shouldn't play for a team that is a little bit higher in the league in all honesty I think he's only got lost in the shuffle a bit at Napoli with the 45 wingers that they've got so um, yeah really good goal from him and encouraging signs but definitely a glimmer
2: Yeah I I, uh, I think Rotterdam are not going to stay up now I think it's, they've got too many points to make up I mean it, they, they played well on the weekend and They've shown some good football throughout the season, actually. They've, they've had some good things. I agree with Jake that Unas looks like a real player. And he, since he's come in, he's made a difference. I think Sese Cosmi is a really likeable guy, but um, I don't think they're going to have enough to stay up. I think this is a really bad result for Torino. You know, a lot of the teams down there have managed to beat Crotone, have picked up points there. They've only won four games all season. And Torino, who were in a pretty bad situation, they've just gone into the, the relegation zone you know they must have been thinking this was a chance to pick up points the other thing that's worrying for them is the sides around them especially parman Cagliari, have started to get their act together they've started picking up points they've started playing better and in a way and i don't think that torino have the same kind of manager bounce that that those two sides have had since danvers and and um, have come in at, at parman Cagliari. they seem to have been doing a lot better whereas with nicola that just doesn't seem to have happened or, or certainly not for a sustained period and so now torino look they look bad and to beat it's not just the fact that they lost but to be conceding four goals as well against Crotone a side who have really struggled to beat anyone this season at this stage of the season where you nearly st- really need to start winning i think it's it's really worrying for Torino I, I you know i'm not confident at all that they can get themselves out of this
0: yeah of course they've had a very tough week uh, there was the whole farce last week uh, with the Lazio game where the Lazio team Turned up and waited around for 45 minutes, knowing full well that Torino weren't travelling because of um, because of COVID issues. Uh, and then, of course, yes, as you say, they should have earmarked this game as as a potential win. It didn't turn out that way. Rincon got sent off late on, so really tough week for Torino. And we'll have to see if they can possibly bounce back. Um, and you mentioned Calory there; they got a point late on at Sampdoria. Uh, Raja Nangalan scored his first goal of the season. Pretty special goal as well. Might might have taken a small deflection on the way, but really nice goal from him to rescue a two-all draw for them. They're now two points clear of the relegation uh, zone. Do you think they're going to have enough to stay up, Jake, or or do you still have concerns for them?
1: Uh, I think squad-wise, there's no reason why they shouldn't have a good goal at staying up. I think... Um, if you look at the players that they've got at their disposal they should be far higher up the league and um, I mentioned it last week I think it was simply a case that they should have got rid of the manager a little bit earlier Um, I think Semplici's created a good culture there from, from what it looks like as well the celebrations to the goal all the coaching staff and all the substitutes sort of ran over to Nangle and when he scored the goal which is quite telling as well I think it shows that the players are united in this sort of goal that tried to stay up. They've definitely got some quality in that squad. Giao Pedro, Simeone when he plays, Nandes, there's some really good players in that team. So, I think they've got a really good chance of staying up, but they've got to keep going. I think one thing that stands in their favour is, unlike Palmer, who are throwing points away, they're gaining points um, when it looks like they might not be able to, uh, you know, come away with anything at the weekend. And they've also won a couple of games recently. So, Uh, there's a really good chance for them to stay up, I think, at the moment. Based on what I can see, they'll finish above Torino. And I probably wouldn't have said that a few weeks back. Um, But yeah, Semplici's a good manager. He did a good job at Sparley. Managed to create a really good culture there. Similar sort of fighting style. And uh, it looks like he's uh, managing to get that to work at the minute at Calgary.
0: You mentioned the sort of lack of manager bounce at Torino, Francesco. Under Semplici, uh, Cagliari picked up a couple of wins and now a draw and, and have really, you know, given themselves a good chance. Do you, do you think this manager bounce can carry them to safety or, or are they going to need a bit more than that, given there's still, you know, about a dozen games left in the season?
2: Yeah, I think it was looking, uh, you know, bleak before Sam came in. Um, and since he's been there seven points from nine, that's a really good uh, set of results. Yeah. Um, they're out of the relegation zone. I think all season they've had the players, they have the squads to be doing much better than they're doing. It feels like they have more quality than the other teams around them. there, You mentioned N'Angolan, for example, but they've also got... players like Gio Pedro, but there's like... Um, what's the striker called? I've forgotten his name. Like Pavoletti, these players who, who, who can make a difference in Serie A. And um, so the quality's always been there. It's just getting them to play. And I think now that they are at the, the relegation zone, they, for me, they are the favourites to stay up, especially considering Torino's form of late. Cayali looked good, and I wouldn't be, able to, I, I think they're the favourites now to stay in the division.
0: Yeah, they've certainly given themselves a decent chance in the, in the last couple of weeks. And of course, one other game that we had down towards the relegation zone this weekend was uh, uh, Spezia against Benevento. That ended one all. didn't really do. Too much for both sides, really. They're now both six points above the relegation zone. Uh, Jake, if one of those two teams is going to get dragged back into it, who do you expect
1: it to be? That's a really tough question. Um, I think i probably lean more towards Benevento so just because I think we may have seen the best from them this season. And when it comes to pulling results out, it's not something they found uh, as easy. I think Spezia are capable of upsetting anybody. Uh, they beat Napoli this season, beat Milan this season. I can't see Benevento um, getting too many results like that. I think they struggle for goals as well, although Geic might be a decent signing for them. Uh, I think Spezia's got a bit more spirit about them. I think Benevento obviously romped with the B last season and I expect them to go up and finish more mid-table, but I feel like we've seen the best of them for now. So, I think if they can just sort of pick up a couple more wins, both sides, they'll be okay. Um, But ultimately, I think Benevento probably peaked this season, and I think they'll find it harder uh, of the two. Either way, if both of those sides stay up, it's a massive achievement. More so for Spetsy, you could argue. But Benevento's last showing in in this division was pretty pitiful. So, it represented a real bit of progress from them, and it'd be a bit of a win for Dzargi as well. Um, He was Promptly written off after his spell at Bologna. So, um, I'd like both of those sides to stay up, but then it's it's tough as well. You see big clubs like Torino uh, getting relegated and Fiorentina struggling down there as well. So it's a it's a real lottery. I think the bottom of the league's probably a bit more exciting than the top of the league at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think I think sort of two or three weeks ago it was maybe looking like three or four were cut of drift, but. Now we're looking at, you know, from Bologna up in 12th down to the relegation zone. is only actually eight points, which, you know, c- could be made up. So those sides aren't, aren't completely safe yet. Um, one team who does look safe after the weekend is Udinese, who've sort of quietly gone about their work to move up to 32 points. They're now 11. They beat Sassuolo 2-0. Uh, I think we always touch on Rodrigo de Pau and how good he is. Uh, But another player who's having an excellent season for them is their goalkeeper, Juan Musso. I've seen him linked to both Milan clubs in the last couple of days, Francesco. Do you think he's a player who could possibly come in and maybe replace, say, Samir Handanovic?
2: Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's very highly rated and... um... Obviously, Handanovic is a, is that little bit older. Um, having said that, I do think Handanovic has had a decent season. He had another good game yesterday, but uh, Moussa has been uh, important for the a team. If if you look at the stats, they've they've actually got the seventh best defense in in the league. So they they are a good defensive unit. And uh, Jake mentioned earlier against Milan how they they sat back and defended. I think they might be the best side in the league at doing that. They're really good at shutting games down. And when you've got a good goalkeeper behind you to back that up as well, it makes a difference. Um, And they have got some some players who can make a difference going forwards, like the ball you've mentioned, but also Pereira, who scored this weekend. Um, Llorente got his first goal. He looks like a decent addition. Uh, The other thing about Udinese I think is worth mentioning is, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you guys read into XPs, but uh, XGs and XPs, but their expected points is that they actually have the biggest negative discrepancy in expected points. So uh, if you look at the expected points table, they're actually nine points down, which is the biggest of anyone in the league. And if if you just went on the expected points table, they, they would actually be seventh. So I feel like Udinese have been a bit underrated this season. You said they, they've they they've been under the radar. It feels like they had that long period where they weren't picking up wins. They're picking up quite a few draws, but no wins. And then the last few weeks, that's really started to come together. Um, the other thing I, I, I think is worth mentioning is how the the uh, Udinese Ultras actually put, um, put a banner up for Strigo Larsson, which I think is extremely generous, generous following what he did against Milan the week before. They actually put a banner up in the stadium. And to be fair to him, he did play pretty well yesterday. He had a few efforts on goal and he looks a tidy player. So yeah, Udinese look good. I think they're more than safe. They they look like, uh, they, you know, in the end, they're going to have a good season and Uh, I think the problem for them is probably going to be holding on some of their more talented players uh, next year.
0: Yeah, I think if I'd have been Strieger last night, I'd have probably waited on the pitch a few more minutes after that Milan game because I imagine the dressing room won't have been too happy with him. But yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with Musso because I think a lot of people were very critical of Handanovic early in the season thinking he was maybe a bit past his best. But it is worth mentioning that he made a couple of excellent saves in the recent Milan derby and made a great save from Zapata in the first half on Monday. So... uh you know, I don't think he's completely past it. We're interested to see what happens with so Okay, so we've covered the weekend's action, and we're now going to look ahead to midweek, and uh, we'll start with the Champions League. Uh, just to let you guys know, we're recording on Tuesday evening, about an hour before kick off, so this will go out after the game. But just for a bit of fun, I'm going to get some predictions. Jake, do you see Juventus turning around their tie against Napoli?
1: I think so. Um, I, I don't see why not. I think um, probably a 2-0 win, I think. I think it'll be a solid uh, victory for them and I can definitely see them progressing. I think the home advantage gives them a real chance and I think it'll be a bit smarter. And I, and I find that with Juventus at the moment, when they get that one defeat, it seems to wake them up a little bit and uh, there's a reaction. And I think we, we're going to see them go on another decent run of form again. And I think that'll start uh, with a win in the game tonight.
0: How about you, Francesco? Do you see things similarly?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling you know relatively confident. I think the danger is that we could end up in a similar match to to the one that was that happened last season against Leon. I think um Conceicao is a smart manager and Porto are the kind of team that can make that can be solid and difficult to break down. And if they aren't able to to score quickly then they might get tense. But having said that, you know this weekend's performance with Morata coming back into the goals, Kiers has playing really well. The kinds of players you need on on in games like tonight's game, uh, I think they are better than Porto. So if they show up and play well, then they have a they have a real chance of getting through.
0: And then looking ahead to Thursday, we've got the Europa League. A uh, couple of really interesting ties here. You know ties that could have taken place in the Champions League in past seasons. Uh, Milan face. Manchester United in the first leg at Old Trafford. Going to come to you first, Jake. What sort of chance do you give Milan? And also, what sort of team do you expect Pioli to put out, given that, you know, Milan are still going strong in the league and, and the potential Scudetto challengers?
1: I could see both teams resting players, to be honest with you. I think given that they've got a few key injuries, I think they're also limited, though, on what sort of side they can put out. I think it probably will be, most likely, something similar to what we saw take on Roller at the weekend, I think that they want to keep a little bit of momentum going as well, I don't think, I don't see that they've got anything to lose really, I think the Europa League's become a little bit of a competition where um, it's a bit sort of a straight knockout when it gets to this point, there's a lot of big clubs left in it and teams sort of think, well if we can get to the final, it's a bit of a ticket into the Champions League next season, so uh, I think Pioli, if you gave him the choice, the league or the Europa League I think you'd rather win the league, but I think that's going to be something that's going to be a bit of a tough task now. So I think ultimately he'll just go for it. wouldn't shock me to see him rest plays, but I think he'll just go for it. And I'd love them to be Man United in normal state. I'd absolutely love it in the words
2: of Kevin Keegan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think it's a shame. It's a real shame that Ibrahimovic isn't going to be available. Um, yeah. I think it'd have been good to see him go back to and play against Man United and See what he could come up with, um, I th- and I, I, it's also a shame that Milan are missing quite a few key players at the moment. But I do think they have a chance. Um, it's obviously a tough tie. I, I think I'd make United's slight favourites, but and and I think it's also a shame that it's probably Milan not at their absolute best. You know, if this game had happened kind of before Christmas, then I think Milan might have been favourites. But right now, it's a, it's a little bit more difficult for them. And I do think they, they do have to focus on the league a little bit. So there might be that temptation from purely to, to rest players because he probably realises that the best chance of them getting back into the Champions League next season is uh, through the league. And they are, even though I don't know if, if they're the biggest threat to enter, they are still in the title race. So they still have a lot to play for in the league. Um, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think it it promises to be an intriguing tie because we've seen with both United and Milan in recent weeks, neither have been that consistent with their form. Of course, United won the derby on the weekend and were mightily impressive. But, you know, just a few days earlier, they were dreadful against Crystal Palace. So I think that one will sort of depend on what team... You know which team turns up and then of course we have Roma who I think have done really well in the Europa League this season um, got through pretty comfortably so far, they play Shakhtar Donetsk, Uh, what are your thoughts on that Jake, do you see Roma perhaps a slight favourites to progress through from that
1: one? Uh, I think on paper um, I'd probably say they will be, I think Shakhtar had a decent sort of run the competition last year, they played the Champions League this year so they're not you know, uh, they're not a weak side. Um, but Fonseca should know them sort of quite well, some of those players, given that he's worked with them before. So I'd put Roma as favourites going into that tie. Um, and I, I think they'll progress. And if they could definitely get through to the next round, I think it represent a really strong season for them in Europe. Uh, I think, obviously, the goal is for a lot of these clubs, Milan and Roma, to play, to play in the Champions League. So if they can give it a good, good showing in the Europa League, then... I can see it as, you know, a bit of success. And I think they'll get past Shakhtar, definitely.
2: Yeah, I, I think they've got a good chance, but I do expect it to be tough. I, I think Shakhtar, unlike Man United, are definitely going to be taking this game very seriously. They they are in the Europa League to win it. You know, I remember them celebrating, even though they could have got through their Champions League group when they drew against Inter, they were celebrating as if they'd, they'd achieved something big. So they really care about the Europa League. And I expect them to be trying their hardest, playing their strongest team, I think is a tough draw. And I think Jake's right to to mention the fact that this is a way to get into the Champions League and not just get into the Champions League. You would then be seeded as a top seed in the next season Champions League. And that is a big deal. It makes the whole getting through the group much easier. So I think, you know, all the teams in Europe should be taking the Europa League seriously because I think it's a, it's a prestigious competition in its own right. But also that qualifying for the Champions League and being seeded number one, can, can make a big difference to, to future seasons, Just just not just next season, but if you think about the the kind of money that you pick up from getting out of a Champions League group, it can make a big difference. So they should be taking it seriously.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be be a fascinating Thursday night um, and we'll see how those play out. And then looking ahead to the weekend, uh, I don't know about you, but I thought that, that the weekend's action just been was one of the best weekends we've had of the season with some really great games. Looking ahead to this coming weekend, Jake, what sort of games do you think might live up to what we saw last weekend? Which ones are you really looking forward to?
1: I think the marquee game is definitely Milan against Napoli. But uh, I think Benevento Fiorentina might be quite a good game. I think both of those sides are going to need a win. It could end up being a stalemate, but with Fiorentina, you've just no idea what's going to happen. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they won that 4-0 or got beat 4-0, or it was a 3-3 draw i I think that for the neutral will be a pretty decent game. I think you've got Sassuolo against Verona in there as well. You've got a couple of decent games. Um, I think the marquee one, but with the most at stake, is definitely man um, against Napoli. I think for them, uh, Milan wise, if they can get the win out of that game, that represents another promising result against the side that are around the middle sort of re-establish them as favourites alongside Inter to definitely be playing Champions League football next season, so um, I think that'll definitely be the standout game of the weekend but in terms of entertainment, I'd definitely be keeping my eye on the, uh, the better Benevento versus the game
2: Yeah, na- Napoli and Milan is uh I think it's a big, big game um for both those sides, and it could be really entertaining Um, The other the other ones to mention I think is that uh, Juve and Inter have both got games almost against uh, the two teams fighting out the most for relegation. So Torino, uh, Kairi are fourth bottom, Torino are third bottom. And uh, when when teams are fighting for relegation, you do sometimes get surprise results, carrying on a, on a good little run. So it could be a bit tricky for you, but I mean, I expect both to win, but you never know. So it could be interesting.
0: Yeah, let's certainly hope so. And uh, that concludes the episode for this evening. So thanks a lot for joining me, guys. Uh, and thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you again soon bye bye